0: Well, that was ugly. That was not the way that we wanted this stand to go. Two and four and six games is not good. And this is the bad time of year to really be doing that. And I understand. I, I, I've got some thoughts. We're going to kind of give a little bit of a positive spin on this, but the overall feeling that Reds fans are feeling right now is dread because there's not many games left and the Reds are toying. With this whole playoff notion, in fact, now they are a game, or they are a half game out of the second wild card spot as the Padres beat the Astros yesterday and took that spot back. Now, does the road ahead look good? Possibly. There's lots we have to talk about with regards to that. We are going to touch on a lot of that here today. I want to talk about survival mode. And let's preview some of the Cubs series. Coming up, we'll talk about game one of Sonny Gray versus Justin Steele. Plus, I've got a Cub with a bat that you need to look out for. We'll talk about all of that here in just a minute as we get going on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you do not already follow the podcast, by the way, thank you to those of you that do. Make sure you're following on your favorite podcasting app. You can also subscribe right here on YouTube. Thank you to those who do as well and and those who comment as well. I appreciate everybody who gets interactive with the show as we talk about this Reds team and what on earth they are trying to do to us you can also follow me on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds and save the locked on reds line number into your phone is another way to kind of get in touch where questions comments reactions are all accepted at 513-549-0159 all right we are going to start off today's show talking about what the Reds are in. Look, I know it's not time to panic. I know that uh, this isn't like must-win territory. We're not talking about being eliminated from the playoffs right now because they're right in the thick of things. They're right there, but I'm going to call this survival mode. I think it's a step up from panic. They definitely need to play well, if the, if they're going to make it to this second wild card spot, they cannot continue this path that they are on. What is this path? Well, it's the fourth straight series that they've lost this Tigers series, the 2 out of 3. Friday was sobering. Friday they absolutely got clobbered. Maybe blame me a little bit, I don't know. I I, I was there at the game. And so far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty sure I've checked into most of the games that I went on the ballpark app, like you can do and things like that. But I think there were a couple that kind of got by the wayside. I'm pretty sure I'm three and eight. I've been to 11 games this year, and I think they've only won three of them. So, yeah, you could probably blame me if you want to on that one because that was phenomenally bad, terrible way to start this series, really put the Reds behind the eight ball. And then they played well on Saturday. You got everything that you wanted. Decent pitching. Tyler Malley was a little bit shaky there, but the bullpen was phenomenal. And then on Sunday, just, we'll talk about Luis Castillo here in a minute, but come on. Max Schrock worked worked a 13-pitch walk in the eighth inning, came all the way around after a couple of bats to third base, and then scored on a wild pitch. And that's it. That's the offense. That's all that the Reds mustered against the Tigers on Sunday. Don't get me wrong. Casey Mize looks like a fantastic future star for this Tigers team, but he's on a pitch count. He's on an innings count. He only pitched three innings. I know you're perfect innings, but he only pitched three innings. You couldn't get into the Tigers bullpen. The Reds lineup just were putting together very bad at bats it looked like. In my opinion, there were a lot of quick at-bats, a lot of weak contact. Some kind of things that you're seeing almost makes you believe that this team is tired, maybe a little bit run down from this long season. And yes, I know that they played a 60-game season last year, and now they're back to normal this year. How will that all kind of play into stuff? Every team's going through this. So the Reds need to kind of find that next Gear. that now means that after the all-star break they are now two and two on home stands as a whole that first home stand after the all-star break ugh, that last all that last home stand uh, was uh, <clears throat> not good so they've only got one more home stand left to make some hay it's a big one hopefully they can uh, turn that into a very good home stand for them. But as of right now, two and two after the all-star break and with that loss, now they are still 37 and 22. This is kind of where the positive side comes in 37 and 22 against sub 500 teams. So yes. It was kind of a bummer that they lost two out of three to the Tigers, but it just kind of accentuates how good they've been against the teams that they should beat, that even with that loss, they are still well above 500 and still in a good spot to face the rest of the sub-500 teams that they have on their schedule, the Cubs being one of them. Something that's interesting to note, uh, this year, and it's something that I've still see a lot of people, it, some of you guys know and uh guys and gals know that I I produce for uh, iHeartRadio and 700 WLW. I get to work some of the Reds games and I was working extra innings on Sunday as a producer and there were some callers in there and you know, if you if you're one of the callers and you're listening today, I don't think you're one of the ones that I'm going to be calling out here but uh they had some interesting ideas. There was one person that said that he's okay if the Reds move on from Nick Castellanos. There was another one that wanted to talk about how Jonathan India swinging for the fences means that he's not a team player. And, but the, the one that really got me is the fact that we're still complaining, or at least some people are still complaining, that the Reds are just absolutely dependent on hitting home runs in order to score runs and win ball games, which first off isn't true. They score less than 42% of their runs via the home run. It's, it's not a thing that they are just dependent upon. But on the other end of the spectrum, the point was made that if the Reds don't homer, they don't win. They're 13 and 25 this season in games that they don't hit a home run. I looked around and that's pretty much par for the course. And you're talking about even the San Francisco Giants have a pretty bad record when they don't Homer and they score over 50% of their runs this season on homers. And look where they're at. I think it's kind of a weird take. So I'm not going to fixate on that, but I just want to throw that out there. If you're listening to the lockdown Reds podcast today and you want to get a little educated, there you go. So you hear somebody talking about how the Reds have to hit a home run to score a run to win a game. That's simply not true, but one thing that I did notice after the all-star break, when it comes to playing at home, kind of broke, broke it down a little bit, pitching at home. Since the all-star break, the reds have the second most inning pitch out of any team in the major leagues. They have the 11th best XFIP. So ERA predictor 4.03, the 12th best strikeout to walk difference percentage 15.9. So you take your strikeout percentage minus the walk percentage, 15.9%. And the second highest BABIP against them, B-A-B-I-P, batting average on balls in play, 329. So they're getting a little unlucky and they're kind of just league average when it comes to pitching. Something that I would have thought was a little bit worse, to be honest with you. I, I felt like the pitching's really been killed by their own home cooking. On the other end of the co- on the other side of the coin, you've got the hitting. Since the All Star break at home, the Reds are tied for first in runs scored. They are actually tied with the Blue Jays, and you think of the Blue Jays as a pretty good uh, lineup. They're 8th in Weighted Runs Created Plus, though, so still top 10 in the major leagues, but they have a Weighted Runs Created Plus of 112. Just in case you're not sure what Weighted Runs Created Plus is, it's an all-inclusive stat. Kind of takes everything all together into this fancy math formula and comes up with a number. And 100 is league average. The Reds are 12% better than league average as a whole. And they're 7th in isolated power, which is slugging minus... Batting average, they have a two eleven ISO, which is pretty good. Seventh in Major League Baseball, and they're tied for fifth with the White Sox in walk rate at ten point four percent. And it's worth noting that the highest in the league since the All Star break, when it comes to games at home, the highest walk rate in the league is ten point nine percent. So they're not that far off. So, and, and uh, the the one thing that has been the biggest criticism, of course has been the Reds against left-handed pitching. I've thrown a lot of numbers at you. Here's one more number. The Reds against left-handed pitching at home have a weighted runs created plus of 92. Other wor- in, in other words, there are only four teams that are worse than them against left-handed pitchers. Uh, kind of worth noting, too, that uh, as they get ready for this road trip, since the All-Star break, they're one and two. On road trips. They've had one winning road trip and two losing road trips, and they've got a nine gamer coming up against the Cubs, Cardinals, and Pirates. Hopefully they can make this a winning road trip because you talk about, and we'll get more into detail on this as the Reds head to St. Louis, but you talk about a good series there. You can almost erase one team that's chasing the Reds for the second wildcard spot off the list, but they got to have a good series there And they also have to play pretty good against this Cubs team. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But I I thought it was interesting to kind of note where the Reds are right now with some numbers looking at it. They are in survival mode. All right, coming up, I've got some thoughts about uh, keeping guys from stealing bases kind of came up yesterday against the Tigers, and it's been an issue for the Reds. We'll get into that. We'll talk about Sonny Gray a little bit and the idea of actually giving Luis Castillo some run support. That's uh, in just ahead. Before we talk about that, though, uh, let me know if this sounds like you. You You're watching the game live on TV. You've got your highlights on your phone. You're streaming something on your tablet. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's password for everything else that you need so far streaming is concerned. There really needs to be a better way, right? I mean, it's 2021. I've got one. Direct TV stream. Go to directtv.com now and check out direct TV stream. It's the way to turn your TV into your one stop entertainment spot. Bring it all together under one screen and direct TV stream will help you do that. It'll consolidate all the best shows, your sports, your streaming, and everything in between all in one television. It is time to bring your television into the 21st century with direct TV stream check it out at directtv.com. Speaking of the internet, uh, and, and with football getting going, a lot of people like to play daily fantasy. And if you're like me, you've tried the big name brands when it comes to daily fantasy sports, and you haven't had much success because number one, you're playing against like 30,000 people. For one week, and the chances of one of those 30,000 people having the absolute perfect lineup is astronomical. And the fact that they uh, have way more time than you to set it all up just puts you at a huge disadvantage. Enter Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first daily fantasy platform that gives you, the player, the advantage. Stat Hero basically sets you up in a head to head matchup between the two of you. It's you against Stat Hero. And Stat Hero is ran by people. It's not an algorithm. You're not fighting the computer. You're not playing against something that absolutely knows every single best player each and every week and is going to build their lineup accordingly. It's you against Stat Hero head to head. You have an actual real shot to win. Plus, with this website today, you've got a great chance. At getting some extra winnings, too. And I've got the caption up here if I remember to put it up at stathero.com slash locked on. If you go to stathero.com slash locked on, your first play that you have against Stat Hero, your winnings will get tripled 300% more on your first winnings at Stat Hero. Just play them, face them. You can do it in Major League Baseball, they've got NFL, and plus they show you. Their lineup ahead of time so you can compare. So there's no awkward, like, oh, hey, we have the exact same lineups. How's this going to work? They're showing you exactly who they're stacking up against you and they dare you to beat them. That's stathero.com slash locked on to get 300% more on your first win and start playing some daily fantasy that actually sounds fun. That's stathero.com slash locked on. All right, so something came up yesterday that's it's really kind of been rearing its ugly head. And I have a picture of Tucker Barnhart here to kind of represent what we're talking about. It's not necessarily all his fault. A lot of it has to do with the pitchers who don't keep him on keep runners on. Yesterday there was a situation where the Tigers had runners on first and third with one out. That's a double play tailor-made situation. And Luis Castillo was pitching. And enter. Uh, Robbie Grossman on first base. He he just got on. He actually has a little bit of propensity to steal. You would think that would kind of be in the back of Luis Castillo's mind, or at least maybe Tucker Barnhart would let him know, and they would keep him on. He did try to throw over once to hold him back, but at the end of the day, there was a pitch that Castillo threw. looked like a changeup. It was kind of in the dirt, hard for Tucker to get to, and Robbie Grossman had about the easiest steal ever. So now it's second and third with one out. Joey leaves the first base, you know, leaves the first base bag where he was covering to hold the runner on. He goes back into his normal position. Then Jamar Candelario hits a ground ball perfectly where Joey would have been if the runner was on first. And instead of a tailor-made double play right to Joey Votto, who now is not there, it turns into a triple that scores two runs for the Tigers. And I know that this is a very finite example. I'm looking very... Uh, focused, very tunnel vision-y at this one specific thing. But all season long, it's been a thought in the back of my mind, the Reds don't do a good job of limiting the other team's ability to steal bases, whatever that might be. They face teams with varying uh, appetites for getting stolen bases. I know that the Marlins like to steal a lot more than maybe the Giants do or something like that. There's teams that are built for it and there's teams that aren't, and there's teams that understand that. And there's teams like the Reds who actually kind of buy more into the Sabre metrics of stolen bases are nice, but they're really too much of a risk. I'm not here to talk about the merits of the Reds stealing more I'm here to talk about the fact that they don't limit them and they should, when it comes to the reds, limiting opponents, uh, steals and run game and everything like that. 66 steals have happened against the reds this year. That was going into yesterday's game, actually. So now it's more than that. And the reds have a 22% caught stealing rate. First of all, league average is 25%. So the reds aren't even up to league average and only nine teams in major league baseball have allowed more steals and only 10 teams have a worse caught stealing percentage than the reds do now to really dive into it there's not a ton more statistics than that that's kind of all there really is when it comes to base stealing I know that there are some some places and I was trying to find them and I couldn't find them but you can talk about how runners go from first to third Uh, there was a play yesterday that you could plainly see Akil Badu, this was against Brad Brock, but Akil Badu, who was on first after being walked by Brock, was started as the pitch was thrown. Had it not been swung at, Badu would have stolen second base easily, but it was swung at and contact was made and he was able to go all the way from first to home with no trouble whatsoever because base running seems to be just at will against this Reds team. This is something that should they make the playoffs, the, the other team is going to absolutely exploit as much as possible. You talk about if the Reds are in a one-game wild card series situation against the Dodgers, Trey Turner is going to run all over them. Mookie Betts, guys like that. It's going to be easy money for them. How do the Reds combat that? I don't know that this is something that they can change at this point. Something to worry about a little bit uh, if I'm being straight honest, Something else that really struck me when, when I was watching yesterday's game is the fact that run support for Luis Castillo has become almost non-existent. La Piedra has been pitching very well. Now, don't get me wrong. That was a terrible start against Cleveland a couple of weeks ago, but for the most part in his last seven starts, he's been pitching phenomenally. You know, what's not been phenomenal is run support. Now, all year long, the number on him, his average run scored while he's pitching is 4.2. That's whatevs. That's okay. That's not going to really blow anybody out of the water. That's not really going to tell you that, okay, he's not getting enough, whatever. In the last seven starts though, he's only gotten 1.85 runs per game, 13 total runs, in seven starts. Now it gets even worse when you consider the fact that the Reds scored five runs against the twins, which was his start on August 4th, the first of this seven game stretch that I'm looking at five against the twins, which was a win and six against the Marlins, which was also a win. The other five games, two, sorry, five games, two total runs scored by the reds. To help this poor dude out, you got to be one fantastic pitcher to help your team win when your team isn't scoring for you. So people that want to harp on like records and well, they're you know Luis Castillo's got to be better because the Reds aren't really good whenever he pitches because they don't win more than they lose. That's a little short sighted to me. He can't score all those runs for him. I mean, he can kind of help out a little bit. You know, he can get some pitcher magic going, but for the most part. He needs his lineup to step up and they've not been doing that. A lot of the reason has been that the lineup hasn't stepped up as a whole. There's been a very long period now where sure they'll have a couple of games where they score a bunch of runs and then they'll have a lot more games where they don't score any, or they don't, you know, they only score a couple kind of like yesterday, but for the most part, Luis Castillo, good pitching performances, Red's not getting any wins because they're not giving him any run support, which kind of leads me into talking about who's next. Sunny gray, sunny gray coming up here in Chicago. We're going to start kind of, okay. The weekend it's behind us, the bad series against the tigers. We'll put it back. We'll talk about the Cubs in Chicago as the reds head up there. We'll start with Monday starter Sonny Gray coming up here in you know, just a couple hours to pay on when you're listening to this because it starts at 2 20 p.m. on a Monday uh, Sonny Gray going up against Justin Steele Sonny uh he's he's been better lately his last three starts he's combined for 18 innings he's only allowed two runs in those 18 innings but what is interesting is since August 5th he has not eclipsed the 90 pitch mark I don't know if this is something they've kind of settled on for him that he's not going to throw that many pitches, but there have been like, and and obviously I know his last start was a special case scenario where it was seven inning game kind of thought maybe he would have went a little bit more than five innings, but whatever. Uh, but in those three starts, like I mentioned, 18 innings, he has 14 strikeouts, four walks, allow just six hits in that time, 14 strikeouts, 10 base runners. He's pitching pretty good right now. And one of the things that he's really done well is mix up those fastballs, the sinking fastballs, cut fastballs, forcing fastball. They're all working for him. He's doing a pretty good job of mixing those in. Looking for him to take that next step today against this Cubs lineup. I'm going to tell you why that's not going to be as easy as you think, though, because this Cubs lineup, they've been doing pretty well. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none, because it's made with 100% real chocolate. Plus, it's got amazing statistics. you got 100% real chocolate on one side. you got only like 120, 130 calories, depending on which bar you get, on the other side. This protein bar fits into every single diet you can think of unless you're going like vegan or something like that. I don't know, can't help you there. But when you're talking about built bars, 130 calories, you've got less than four grams of sugar, less than four grams of fat and up to 18 grams of protein in some of their bars. And I'm talking about amazing flavors here. There's double chocolate. If you really like that chocolate, you got peanut butter brownie, you got coconut, you got salted caramel. You got my favorite, Cherry barcia. You got mint chocolate brownie. Ch- Seriously, check these out today. If you have not done that, Here's a promo code locked 15 right there on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, it's locked 15, go to built.com and use that promo code to save 15% off your next order. You can get a mix box, which is two of each flavor that they've currently have offering. You can get it. You can get, um, I think they call these mix box too. So it's kind of a different, but you can get three of your favorite flavors and put them in a composite box maybe we'll call it anyway three of your favorite flavors and you get six of each one of those flavors Mm -hmm -hmm. or you can get a whole box of just one flavor because built bar is awesome like that go to built.com today use the promo code locked 15 and it works for all of those you'll save 15 percent off your next order seriously jump into some built bar and bring your snack game to the major leagues it's built.com and the promo code locked 15 Also check out betonline.ag hit a bit of a snag here recently with uh, my tips and stuff like that. So don't have any tips today for you, but you can still take advantage of this 100% more offer. Go to betonline.ag, enter the promo code locked on, and you'll get hundred percent more on your initial deposit. Plus they've got a great promo right now, NFL 100. If you put that promo code in, you can get up to $25 back on your wager for the Thursday night game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. So if you put $25 on the Cowboys or the Buccaneers and it doesn't work out, they'll refund you that money. It's a free bet. And if you win, well, then you get your winnings. That's, you know, obvious. I I think anyway, go to betonline.ag, set up your profile, use the promo code locked on, get a hundred percent more on your initial deposit double. If you put a hundred in, they'll give you another hundred. It's amazing. Go to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of their great lines. When we we're talking about Major League Baseball for their money lines, run lines, they've got great over unders and the prop bets are phenomenal as well. You can check out like guys as far as like hits, runs, and RBIs and, and numbers there. And you can do total bases, you can do hits, homers, you can do strikeouts for pitchers. Lots of fun stuff there. Check it out today at betonline.ag. Get off the bench, get in the game, and use the promo code locked on to get a hundred percent more on your initial deposit at betonline.ag. All right, Red's got a series here coming up against the Cubbies. We're talking about the Chicago Cubbies. Now, initially, you're probably thinking, Well, Jeff, the Cubs aren't very good, are they? They're having a pretty bad year. They've actually hit a very nice stretch here recently. They are nine and three in their last 12 games. Now, they did take two out of three against the Reds at Great American Ballpark. They then ended up getting swept at home by the Kansas City Royals. So that took them back to earth a little bit. But ever since then, they've been pretty good. Again, nine out of 12. They've won six in a row coming into today. Going into Sunday's game, I got some stats for you. They don't include Sunday's game. So, you know, just kind of qualifying that but uh going into Sunday's game, the 11 games leading up to that they scored the third most runs in Major League Baseball during that span and they have the top slugging percentage at 491 they've just been hitting the cover off the ball and they're tied for fifth and one weighted runs created plus at 116. I mentioned the Reds have a one twelve since the all-star break. For the last 11 games leading into Sunday's game, the Cubs had 116. They're getting lucky though. They do have a 336 BABIP, but, and which is, you know, second highest in major league baseball during that span and league average is around 295 there. So maybe they're getting a little bit lucky, but the good news is and hopefully the good news is I know that the reds are facing a lefty tomorrow. So we'll see what this means. But during that stretch, the pitching hasn't been good. The pitching has a 5.14 ERA, and they've allowed 16 home runs in the 11 games leading up to Sunday. And that's not going to get better because they let the Pirates score eight on them. The Pirates scored quite a bit. In fact, I think they hit a grand slam in that game too. There was a lot of runs scored. It was 11 to eight, the final score. But yes, uh, they've allowed 13 or more runs in all three of their losses. Yes, yes. They lost two games, allowing 13 runs to their opponent. One of that, one other game allowing 17 runs. So the Reds have the chance to score on them. One thing they're going to have we're you know, one thing that Reds pitchers, Sonny Gray and the bullpen are going to have to watch out for is Frank Schwindel. Frank Schwindel has been phenomenal. And if there's a reason that you weren't sure who this guy was, it's because he came out of nowhere. This wasn't a highly touted prospect. In fact, in 2013, he was drafted by the Royals, and then he didn't make it to the majors until 2019 when he got 15 at-bats and he got one hit. And then after that season, the Royals were like, hey, thanks for the memories, dude. Uh, You can go somewhere else now. He got signed by the Tigers. He never played for them in a major league game. And then right before this season, the A's signed him, and they gave him 20 at-bats. And he got three hits. So they waved him. They waved him toward the end of July and the Cubs picked him up on trade deadline day. And since then, he has gone insane. Since July 30th, Frank Schwindel is hitting 357 with an OPS of 1,081. He has nine home runs. This was not an obvious candidate to replace the likes of Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Javier Baez, but here we are. He has gone insane. He's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. I'm really hoping that he doesn't do anything, but that doesn't seem likely given his stats. Frank Schwindel has been phenomenal. Now, A little bit about the pitcher before we get going, or before we get out of here today, Justin Steele starting the opener for the Reds. The Reds saw him whenever the Cubs were in Great American Ballpark. You remember that was the one game that they won. They scored a ton of runs in that game. They only scored two off of Justin Steele. He pitched four innings. He actually got a lot of weak contact and plenty of strikes with his four-seamer and his slider. He got more whiffs than he allowed balls in play. He had 13 whiffs, he only allowed 12 balls in play. And all 5 of his strikeouts were on his four-seamer. Though it's also worth mentioning, he gave up a two-run home run to Jonathan India on that very same four-seam fastball pitch. So, there's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde with it. How do the Reds attack him because he is a left-handed hitter or a left-handed pitcher who's okay. There's not a lot of tape on him though. That's kind of the MO. I mean, when you think of guys who dominate the Reds this season, it's been league average to well below league average left-handed pitchers or lefties that don't have a whole lot of tape on them. Justin Steele fits that mold. Steele put together his best performance of the season against the Twins in his last start, September 1st. He only pitched five innings. Now, He's not pitched any more than five innings. In fact, he hasn't pitched any more than 90 pitches in any uh, outing. In fact, I think the highest he's had is like 87 or 88 pitches. So he hasn't even gotten into 90. But on September 1st, he went five innings. He kept the scoreboard clean. He only allowed one hit. He did have three walks, but he also had three strikeouts. So what are the reds going to get out of this guy? I'm not really sure because he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to pitch deep into this game, but it also seems like what he does give the Cubs is going to be effective. So it's all going to be about getting into that Cubs bullpen and doing damage against the guys who are still there. Hopefully we'll see that happen. Today's game starts at 2 20 PM local time, uh, one 20. If you're in Chicago, And uh, hopefully the Reds can start out this series with a bang. They've been doing, uh, they they really got to be the aggressor on this road trip when it comes to the Cubs, when it comes to the Cardinals, the Pirates, they got to put their foot on the gas and they got to leave their foot on the gas. There's no win one game and lose the other two and hope that the Padres lose three. You know, it's, it's something that they've got to start controlling their own destiny for a minute. They had the lead and they could control their own destiny. Now they're in a position where they can't and they've got to win and they got to hope that the Padres lose. Now it's still only a half game difference, but the Reds do have an off game coming up or an off day coming up after the Cubs series, and then another off day after the Cardinals series. So I'm guessing that uh, standings and schedules and things like that will start to match up after these couple of off days. Hopefully they can make some hay in Chicago and then go into St. Louis with some momentum because right now, if you had like some kind of momentum meter on the Reds, I think they need like a five-hour energy. It'd be less than 10%. Things are not looking so hot right now, but there's still the ability to get back into that playoff spot. Time is running short, but time is not over. I think the Reds can do it. I'm still standing on my prediction that they were 100% make that second wild card spot. And it starts today as they beat the Cubs. Hopefully, hopefully, because I know what I said. I I said that the Tigers didn't have a good uh, lineup and then the Tigers proceeded to score a billion runs in game and they proceeded to basically have the reds on their heels for two out of three games i mean uh, sunday's game uh, sunday's game it just it just looked like the reds were totally blown out of the water by the tigers we'll just put it like it is i mean the tigers were really good this series the reds really weren't hopefully the reds can stop saying that hopefully I'm really tired and, and I get it. I understand guys have really good performances. I'm tired of tipping my cap to the opponent. I want to tip my cap to some Reds players. Come on guys, get some hits. All right, whatever. We're, we're done here. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, those of you watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, thank you. Make sure you're following on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hopefully we'll be talking about a game one win. We'll preview the matchups for game two. I've also got some thoughts on another Cub. I mentioned Frank Schwindel today. I want to talk a little bit about Rafael Ortega tomorrow and give you kind of a profile on him but that'll do it for us today thank you so much for watching now go check out the locked on bets podcast they've got some tips for you over at betonline.ag go to locked on bets wherever you get your podcasts i'll talk to you guys tomorrow